right, good morning, everyone. How are we feeling? We feeling good? Oh, let's try this again. Nine o'clock, are we good? Are we, we well? Welcome to our Savior's Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Pastor Josh, and uh, we're so honored to have you here today for the beginning of, uh, of the new year. How many of you made it to church last weekend? How many of you made it to church last weekend? How many, your perfect attendance already so far, 2022? Look at you. Look at you. All right, so... Uh, congratulations on perfect attendance so far. We're, we're glad you're here. We, uh, we kicked off a new series last weekend called Unstuck. We're in part two this week. We're, we're talking about moving beyond the things that are holding us back. How do, we, how do we get into all that God has for us in this coming year? Last week, we talked about how God is a God of movement, and he's always wanting us moving. Everything that he created from the creation, the stars, the planets, the water, the animals, and then you and I was all designed to move but all of us have a tendency to get stuck. We get stuck, and uh, last week I called us out because we always like to sit in our same seats just to prove how stuck you are. Yep. How many right now are you in the same seat you always sit every time? Yep, uh-huh, yep, called you out, yep. Hey, next week, change it up, switch sides. Let's, sh- let's see what happens. You know, there might be a new level of anointing that comes upon you, you don't know. Hey, I wanna do this, everybody in the back, you're gonna come to the front, everybody in the front, you're going to the back, okay, we're gonna change it. Everybody in the back was like, please don't, I'm leaving. We're not doing that. We're not, we're not playing musical chairs. You can sit wherever you want. I really could care less. But we're just glad that, that you're here. And um, hey, would you do this? Would you welcome all those joining us online? Hey, we're glad that you're here. There are a number of people that, that um, are, are battling some health things right now. And so we're just grateful for technology you know, from those traveling to those that, that need to be home in this season to how many of you know when you wake up and you got six kids, sick kids, six kids, whoa, that's a lot, okay. Sick kids. <laughs> if you woke up and had six kids, we're already praying for you already. Um, but if you got sick kids, we're definitely, definitely praying for you. Okay, if you got your notes, pull them out. Um, wave them at me if you got them. I just wanna see how many got some notes in. Okay, all right. So if you are, if you're paper, paper people, uh, those are for you. If you're a digital person, uh, these notes are on our app as well. So we got a couple digital people, all right? And, uh, and then there are binders in the guest services that are free of charge. You can go get them, just ask for a binder. And uh, that's why they're three-hole punched, just so you know. And uh, that's our gift to you. You can go and just grab one at any time and uh, get, get all that you need and maybe start, hey, beginning of the year, start a new binder, 2022 binder. And, and you can start it that way. But we'd love for you to follow along and, and uh, take some notes with us. Um, and, and we're going to be in Second Chronicles today. We're gonna, that's, that's everywhere we're going to be. We're not going anywhere else today. And that is very, actually, a bit unique for me because I usually will jump all around. And, but today, we're going to stay primarily in Second Chronicles chapter 20 is where we're going to be. We're going to read a little bit in 19 just for a minute to give you some context. Um, but we're going to go to 20. Um, for those who don't know, Lindsay and I have three boys. Our, our first son, his name is Josiah. Uh, he's actually on the cameras right there, my oldest son that's there. And uh, yeah, y'all give it up for Josiah and all the media and production team. How many y'all grateful for all of them that do incredible things? Thankful. Okay, so, um, so that's my oldest. That's Josiah. I, I've, before Lindsay and I got married, if y'all don't know the story, before Lindsay and I, before I even proposed to her, one of the things that, that was an agreement was, was that if we get married, our first son was going to be named Josiah. That was like, you have to say, I do to me forever and Josiah if we have a boy. And she agreed to both of those. And so we have a Josiah. And then our second son came along and his name is Judah. Um, and then our third son came along, and, and we decided, we, well, I mean, you can't just have two J's and not a third. So our third son, of course, is Joel. All biblical names, of course. Today we're going to look at uh, a biblical name that I don't know if I've really ever heard too many people naming their children, but we're looking at Jehoshaphat. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know, if I have a fourth son, Jehoshaphat it is. Um, but I just want y'all to know, right now, that is not even possible for us to happen. <laughs> So it would be a miracle child, um, unless it's an adoption. <laughs> so, uh, so we're looking at Jehoshaphat today. Um, I, like my boys, I give all of my boys nicknames. So most people don't know Josiah as Josiah. They know him as Siah. Um, I, we call Judah Juju. That's his name. And then I call Joel Boo Boo, okay? <laughs> Nothing with Jay. 
my boys probably are hating the fact that I'm telling y'all these things right now. So uh, when you see Judah, just call him Juju all the time, okay? Don't call Joel boo-boo. That's only for me, all right? So, but uh, King Jehoshaphat, I call him J-Fat, okay? So this is, we're looking at King J-Fat today. Uh, he became king of Judah. Now, if you know Israel, uh, there was Israel and Judah, and they're, they're, they're divided. There was North King and Southern Kingdom, and uh, he, King Japhat was over Judah, which he was 35 years old when this happened. Just to give you a quick backstory, uh, he had a godly father who was a king before him named King Asa. He was a godly man, led a, led a godly heritage, left a godly legacy to his son, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat became king at 35. All was going well. King Jehoshaphat wanted to, to do the same things that his father did, live a, a life that honored God, sought God, wanted to rule in a way that honored God. Um, there was, of course, like all of us, though, he, he made a mistake. And a, a lot of times you'll see with these kings, they do make mistakes. And, and he made a mistake. And one of his biggest mistakes that he, that he ever made was that he ended up partnering with a, another king that was not godly. Uh, this king was by the name of King Ahab. And even I know King Ahab, King Ahab had a, had a wife that, that none of us name our children, Jezebel, okay? And so King Ahab and him went into a kind of a partnered agreement and they went to war together and it just went really, really, really bad. And it really just came down to the fact, how many of you, let's be honest, how many of you in here have made some really bad decisions because you made a really bad friend decision? Anybody in here? Okay, all right. So, so, so you get it, you get it. He, he just, he made a bad, poor decision to be friends with King Ahab. They went in and had a really, really bad situation, came out of that situation, and God was actually very, very displeased with Jehoshaphat. You can read all this in, in, in chapter 18. Then in chapter 19, when he comes back from this encounter with, with King Ahab, God pretty much sends a prophet to correct him. And, and then he says, okay, you, need to, you need to get some things right. You're on a fence here. It can go really, really bad for you, or you can turn this thing around. Thankfully, he repented. And, uh, and this is actually where we get 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 4. And look, look with me in verse 4. We're going to look at this one verse in 19, then we're going to go to 20. So it says in verse 4, it says, King Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, and he, watch this, and he, what did he do? He, he turned them back to the Lord. He said, hey, my bad, my fault, I, I shouldn't have done this. I, I led y'all poorly, which is, by the way, what a great leader does is, hey, that's my bad. And he says, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shift here. We're going to do a 180. We're going to turn our, our, our hearts back to the Lord. So all of 19 is literally him just resetting the, 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 the nation of Judah back to seeking the Lord, back to being all for him. Okay, that leads us to chapter 20. Chapter 20, because he's in a moment. 19 is all about him leading a nation back to kind of a spiritual renewal and a spiritual revival. But how many know when you're af- going after seeking God, how many know the enemy doesn't like it? And so just as much as you turn, I mean, as soon as you said, okay, we're going to church, okay, we're going to live right, okay, we're going to do what God wants us to do, how many know all hell breaks loose? And, and that's what happens in chapter 20. Uh, literally, he's, he's trying to do now everything right, and here we are, chapter 20, let's look at verse 1, it says this, and after this, so after he's, he's turned, the, turned the nation back to God, says after this, the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Minyanites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Watch this, verse two. And messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. So here we are in this moment. He doesn't just have one army that's coming against him. He's got the, the Minyanites, and he's got the Ammonites, and he's got the Moabites. He's got three armies coming after him, okay? Not just one, he's got three. They have joined together to come against him. He's literally stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's got it coming from all sides. Lindsay kind of even made reference to it. We haven't even talked about what I was preaching on, but just kind of made reference to, have you ever just felt like in your life where it's just coming from all sides? Like as soon as you feel like you're getting gaining ground in one area, it, it, something else is coming on this, this side. You got got all these ites in your life, and, and they're coming to you. And he's got three armies that are literally surrounding him, coming at him from all angles. And he gets this message that, that this is happening. And 
And uh, I, I want you to see what the next verse says, because he's, he's literally stuck. He's got nowhere to go. Can't go this way, that way, left, right. Everywhere he turns, there's an army that's coming for him. So what do you do when you're stuck? It says, the next verse, it says, and Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. Go figure. <laughs> hey, by the way, he's human. That should be probably, if you had three people coming up against you, uh, you know, two people talk bad about you on Facebook, you get mad, okay? So he got, he got, he got three armies coming against him, and he is, he is terrified of what's to happen. And can I just be honest for a moment? This says that when he heard the news, he was terrified. You know what? When I read the news, I'm a bit terrified. Anybody in here? Like, you just read everything that's going on right now, it's, it, there's, there's a bit... There's a bit of fear that wants to jump up on you. I mean, you, you, you see what's happening continually with the COVID stuff, and, and then you see the political unrest that's happening, and then, you know, just recently, within the last couple of months, the school shootings that are happening, which is just absolutely horrific, and then just, what, a month ago, we had a natural disaster that blew through, you know, a lot of Tennessee and all that area there, and you're just like, man, that's just absolutely terrible, and, and, and a bit terrifying to a degree, and then... Uh, this past week, it was just disheartening. I was telling Lindsay, I, I saw on social media that one of, one of the pastors that I know of um, in Texas has, has a very, very thriving church, one of the fastest growing churches in all America, just found out that he committed adultery on his wife. And um, 12,000 people in his church, he's a guy that I know. And, 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 and to be honest with you, this is not... This has been, over the last year, just seeing pastors falling and falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. And, and when I read the news, I'll, I'll be honest, there's a, there's a bit inside of me that kind of gets a little scared, gets a little afraid, uh, gets a little terrified. And I don't know if that happens to you at all. When you just start reading some of the stuff that's happening in the schools and in the workplaces and their nation and around the world, there's part of that that happens. And my natural instinct, and I think this is probably all of us, our natural instinct is, I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to figure out how to, how to get myself out of this situation. Now, you would think you got three armies coming against you. Your natural instinct would be, okay, all right, I need to get all of Judah's army generals together, and we need to strategize on how we're going to make this thing happen. Like, we got to figure out how are we going to protect all of ourselves. Or, or, you know, you just figure out, like, hey, we're going to go Kevin McAllister on these guys. We're going to set booby traps everywhere, okay? <laughs> everywhere we're going to just set booby traps all over this place. Like, I mean, that's kind of the natural instinct is, hey, I'm, I, I got to figure this thing out. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that where you just feel so stuck. And you're like, man, I, I've got to figure out how I'm going to get myself out of this situation. But I want you to see what King Japhat does because it's where we're going today. And the question is, where do you turn when you're stuck? Where do you turn when you're stuck in life? When you're stuck in a mental space that you can't get out of, when you're stuck in an addiction you can't get out of, when you're stuck in a relationship that is toxic, when you're stuck in a, in a season of life that you just don't want to be in, like where do you turn when you can't seem to get yourself out of what's going on? And I think we can learn a lot from King Japhat because he says this. It says, jo jo Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. Look at the rest of this verse. And he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin what? To begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And I love this because it, it, it tells us that when he hears the news, he was terrified, but he also sought the Lord. Other translation says he was afraid and set himself to seek the Lord. And the enemy will want you to think that you can only do one of those. But how many know you can be afraid and still seek the Lord? You can be terrified and still seek the Lord. And, and, and so Jehoshaphat says, yes, I'm afraid, but everybody listen to me. We're going to pray and fast first. We're going to pray first. We're going to fast first. We're going we're gonna to turn our attentions to the Lord. And prayer and fasting shouldn't be our last resort. Come on, you know, it should be our first response. If you're stuck in a season right now, listen to me, prayer and fasting doesn't need to be the last resort. It needs to be our first line of defense. It's our first thing that we do to kick things off. And, and so today, I want us to talk about this idea of prayer and fasting. And as we go into this new year, I am titling today's message, Not So Fast. Not So Fast. 
before we go into this new year with all of our plans and all of our dreams and all of our goals and all of our things that we want to see happen in 2022, I just want us to say, hey, hey, hold on, not so fast. Before we do that, here's the question. I know you've got goals for the year. I know you probably have some plans for the year. Question, is it your plans or is it God's plans? Because if you're trying to get yourself out of the situation that you're in right now and you go, I got a plan and I got to do this, that's all good. God is all for plans and everything, but you better make sure that it's not your plan and that it's God's plan. Because if it's your plan, it ain't going to work. And so this is today as we look at the story of, of uh, Jehoshaphat, he declares a time to pray and he declares a time to fast. And that is what we do every January. If you've been with us or you're new to the, our church, this is what we do every January and every August. But specifically in January, we pray and we fast together as a church. We, we go into this together. And can I just be brutally honest? I do not like fasts because they're not fast. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how slow a fast is? It is like painfully slow. Uh, I don't know why they call them fast. They shouldn't, they should call them slows. Um, I'm, I'm taking a slow. Uh, it, it's, it's painfully slow. Fast are, are it, it, it requires sacrifice. It, it's very uncomfortable. Um, it's, it's, not, it, it's forced in a sense to get you out of your comfort zone. But, but can I tell you this, in almost 20 years now of us doing this as a church, it's worth it every time. It's worth it every time. And so if you're on the fence as to what this is or you don't know what this is, hopefully I can help explain a little bit of it today of, of really why we do this and what this, is, so, what this is, is for. But I don't know about y'all, I can't think of a better time that we're living in to do a fast and prayer than right now. Like we need, some of you right now, you need breakthroughs in your life. Some of you right now need deliverance in your life. Some of you right now need guidance in your life. Some of you right now need direction in your life. Some of y'all need wisdom in your life. Hey, some of y'all just need some straight up help. And how many know there ain't no greater way to get help than to declare a prayer and fast and say, we're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. God's calling all the people together. And so I, I, I want to share with us. What happens when you pray and fast? What, what happens in your life when you begin to set some time aside to pray and fast? Now, we don't know how long this prayer and fasting was. We don't know if it was a day. We don't know if it was multiple days, weeks. All we know is that before they went into this battle, before they tried to figure out strategically how to defeat this enemy that's coming against them, Jehoshaphat says, we've got to seek God first. We've got to figure this thing out. We've got we've to touch heaven and find out what he wants us to do. Which goes to number one. Here's number one. When you pray and fast, number one, if you want to fill this out, it fixes your focus. It fixes your focus. Now, here's the thing about focus. Focus is the fruit of what you decide to look at and also decide what not to look at. So I'm standing on this stage right now, and if I was to focus looking at this camera right now, I'm looking at this camera. Everybody that's online, I'm looking at you. Now, with me focusing, looking at the camera, that means I'm not looking at y'all. Y'all get it? Okay, so, so I'm looking here, but I'm not looking here. And, and any of y'all ever, like when you're disciplining your kids, you're like, focus, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they're like, they're looking all around, like, look at me, look at me. What you're trying to do is, what you're trying to do is you're trying to say, hey, listen, don't look at all of them, look at me. Look at me. And that's what focus does. Focus is not just what we're intensely looking at. It's also what we're not looking at. And so, so prayer and fasting is this time where it fixes our focus on, on what we are to look at, but also what we're not to look at. And hey, let's be honest right now. We live in one of the most distracted societies ever. Right? You have, you have everything vying for your attention right now. Everything. Your phone dings hundreds of times a day. You got more things that are vying for your attention from your children to your coworkers to, to, to your, your spouse to, to, to media. To, everything is after your attention. We talked a lot about this last week and even some of the, some of the weeks before, but this is so huge for you to understand Distractions are, are one of the ways the enemy uses us to get out of relationship with God. If the enemy can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And if the enemy can't get you 
to, you know, live for him, which I don't know anybody that's like, I want to live for the devil. Here, here's, what he's so, here's what he does. He says, let me just keep them so distracted that they don't ever have time to actually be with God. And so a, a, a declared time of prayer and fasting is a time for me to go, I'm setting my sights, I'm setting my focus on God. I'm, I'm getting rid of all of the distractions, the things that are, that are doing. So let me tell you what distractions does, all right? So one of the things that I did this, this past year is I turned off every notification on my phone. Um, I'm the type of guy, if I see any red dots on my phone, they've got to go. Some of y'all that have 32,000 males, you drive me crazy. Just give me your phone and let me take care of that, okay? I'll take care of that for you. 92 text messages unread. Are you kidding me? 14 voicemails. Who is that in here? Who is that in here? I'm praying for deliverance during this prayer and fasting. You drive me crazy. If there's, who, who in here, if there's red on your phone, it's got to go. Who in here is that? Okay, good. All right, my people, my people. It's got to go. It's got to go. The, the problem with that, though, is because I'm so much like that, I, I, I'll be in the middle of being in the Bible. This is why I've got to go to a paper Bible now, because I'll be reading the U version on my phone, and then all of a sudden, that, that, that red thing comes up. And I'm like, well, I'm not, my, my soul is not well till that is taken care of. And then I'm like, okay, then I'm back. But I get so distracted, I get all, all over the place. And let me tell you what distractions does. Watch, if you want to write this down. Distractions do this. Distractions divide your heart, discourage your soul, and disrupt your priorities. This is what distractions do. Hey, and by the way, it's not, it's not necessarily that they're bad. It's just that we're distracted. And, and not even with bad things. You can be distracted with good things. But if you're distracted with good things, it withholds you from the best things. And, and, and here's what you need to understand. Distraction makes intimacy impossible. Try to go on a date with your spouse and they not look at you the whole time and look at their phone and everybody else. Distraction makes intimacy impossible. I'm telling you, there's more phones that destroy marriages than anything else. Because it's just distraction. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not focused in. I'm not zoned in. I'm not, I'm not looking at what I need to be looking at. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about the things that I'm not looking at than or what I am looking at than what I should be looking at. And, and 21 days is a chance for us to go, God, I'm, I'm focusing in right now. I'm, I'm setting my sights. I'm, I'm putting somewhat of the blinders on the sides of my, my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking to you for what you have. And, and watch. This is why we do prayer and fasting, because watch how this works. Prayer increases your connection with God. Fasting, though, decreases your connection with the world. Can we put that on the screen for me? Prayer, watch this, prayer increases your connection with God. Communing with God, me and God, I'm talking to him, he's talking to me, that's prayer. Fasting, though, the reason why we add the duo of fasting is fasting disconnects us from all the stuff that's going on in the world. Fasting disconnects us from things that are not necessarily bad, they're just not great. And so in this time, how many know we came out of December and there's a lot of just overindulging, overindulging of food. We are like maxed out on everything. Our credit cards are maxed out, our relationships are maxed out, our our bellies are maxed out. I mean, like everything is, is maxed. Speak, like, speak for yourself. Okay. So everything's maxed out. We're, we, we got so much in our life, so much that's vying for our attention. And so, so January is a time to go, hey, before we go into the year, before we go full head on into what he wants for us in the spring and the summer and the fall and, and more summer and more summer and more summer, um, yeah. is, is we want to we decrease we want, to, we want to decrease. All right, so, so look what verse five says now. Look, look how the prayer goes. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. Remember, he's got everybody together now. All right, we're all coming together. Because I guarantee everybody heard the news. So I want you to imagine for the moment the emotional state of the people. They know what's coming. They know. And so he says, hey, I got I to gotta get everybody together. Hey, we're going to get together. We're gonna, I'm going to declare a fast and a time of prayer. And so here he goes. He's, he's going to pray. And he says this. Look at the prayer. He says, oh, Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. And you are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. And you are powerful and mighty. Everybody read, read this last line with me. And no one can stand against you. No one can stand against you. 
Did you notice something? Did you notice how his prayer does not start with what he needs? His prayer begins with the praise of who God is. Almost in a sense, not that he's reminding God who he is. God knows exactly who he is. He's reminding himself of who God is. Yeah, no, I'm stuck. Yeah, I don't know what to do. He says, but, but I'm going to tell you, God, how great you are, how powerful you are. He doesn't start with complaining. He doesn't start with whining about the problem. This is what he's saying. Watch this. Joseph had a saying, God, more than anything I can get from you, I just want you. And this is who you are in my life. I just want to remind you of who you are. And, he, and he's telling this to all the people, by the way. I mean, no, because he needs to lead these people. He is the leader of these people. And one of the greatest ways he can lead these people is just to remind them, I'm, let me tell you where our help comes from. It's not going to come from our strategy. It's not going to come from our skills. It's not going to come from our warriors. It's going to come from God. And by the way, no one can stand against him. No one can stand against him. What, what is he focusing on? He's not focusing on the armies, even though they're, they're pressing in. He's focusing on who God is. And right now, let me, can I ask you just this very, very poignant question? What are you focused on? What are you focused on? Because whatever you are focused on, you get more of. The Bible says we magnify the Lord. doesn't mean that we make him bigger. Magnifying means that we draw closer to him and he becomes bigger in our life. Okay, and so what we're doing is we are magnifying the Lord. I, and if we're... If we're probably a little honest, we magnify problems more than we magnify the Lord. And so when we magnify the problems, guess what comes on us? Fear comes on us. Anxiety comes on us. Stress comes on us. Pressure comes on us. And so prayer and fasting is a time for me. Yes, I have needs. And yes, we need God to intervene in our life. But more than anything, God, I want you. God, I need you in my life. God, I want to remind myself of who you are. And watch, watch what he says as he goes on. He says in verse 7 now, Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? All right. I love it. He says the forever friend Abraham. He says that Abraham was a friend. The Bible says that we are also descendants of Abraham. And how, how many know if Abraham was a friend of God, I'm here today to tell you, you are also a friend of God. Hey, how many know, I'm here today to tell you God wants to be your BFF. He wants to be your best friend forever. God wants to be that. And, and when you think about friendship, now watch this. Because when most of us think about fasting, specifically fasting, and even prayer, is we can think of it in a ritualistic, religious sort of way. I need to be doing this so that I can get this, and you know, God expects this, and I have to do this. But, but how does it change when God's your friend? When fasting is not so much about the religious duty, but more about the relationship to be nurtured. I love what Pastor Sam Storm said when he talked about fasting. Watch this. This is a great thing of, of fa on fasting. He said this. Fasting isn't denial. Fasting is pursuit. Fasting isn't about abstaining from food. It's about feasting on God. It's not just about saying no to things. It's what I'm saying yes to. God, I, I want more of you. Hey, watch this. Watch this. If you are fasting from food but not feasting on God, you're on a diet. You're on a diet. There are, there are secular people, by the way, who get fasting. They do fasting, but they do intermittent fasting. They do all these types of fasting because they, they, they want it to affect their body. But if you're, just, if you're just withdrawing from food or things, but you're not feasting on God, you're just on a diet. And, and by the way, watch this. Diets may change the way you look, but a fast will change the way you see. It'll change how you look at things. It'll change how you see yourself. It'll change how you look at your situation. I mean, you know, when they did a time of prayer and fasting, King Jehoshaphat saw those three armies differently than he saw them the first time. He was terrified the first time, but the more he got in prayer and the more he got in fasting and the more that he pressed in and pursued God, the more that God began to give him a confidence, the more that God began to show him who he was, the more that God began to show him, hey, listen, this, this thing ain't taking you out. Yeah, it looks, it looks bad. It looks bad, but this thing ain't gonna take you out. And you can tell by the prayers that he's praying because he's reminding himself of 
of who God is. God can do this and God can handle this. And I don't know what you're walking through right now that you think it's too big for God, but I'm just here to tell you nothing is too small for God. If it's big enough for you to be concerned about, it's big enough for him to take care of. God can do it, but he wants us to pursue him, to know him, to love him. And oftentimes we want things from him. We just don't want him. And God is going, listen, if you want this, you're, you're going to have to pursue me in all that you have. And it starts with a friendship, a friendship with God. And he walks with God. Think about a friend. How do you develop friendship? Time. You spend time with them. This is the, the fasting is not just denial. It's a pursuit of who God is. Number two, prayer and fasting declares your dependence. It declares your dependence. Look with me in verse 12. Look what a part of his prayer, he says this. Everybody help me with these first three words of this prayer. He says, we are powerless. We are powerless. We are powerless. Often when you are powerless, you feel hopeless. He says, we're powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. And how many, how many feel this next line? And we don't know what to do. But we are looking to you for help. I don't know what to do. And maybe some of you are in that situation right now. Maybe you're in a season like that with, a, with one of your children and you're just like, I just don't know what to do. Maybe you're in a situation like that with your marriage right now and you're like, I just don't know what to do. Maybe you're financial. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Maybe it's a, a depression that's on you or something. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's not necessarily something bad. Maybe it's I've got to make a decision that I know is going to affect my future and I don't know what to do. I don't know what direction to go in this situation. I don't know. And, and, and the best prayer we can pray is we are powerless we don't know what to do. God, we are going to look to you. How many know when you don't know what to do, your eyes need to be on you? When you don't know what to do, your eyes are on you. God, God I, I, I want my eyes to be focused to you. Have you ever felt that way before? Just feel powerless? Feel like you don't know what the next step is? The way to ultimate power is to admit you have no power. The way to ultimate power is to admit you don't have no power. And in verse 12, here he goes, we are powerless. Remember what we just read just a minute ago in verse 6? He says, God, you are powerful. We don't have the power, but, but you have the power. I want to read this other thing about fasting. Watch this. Fasting is a desperate measure for desperate times for those who know themselves to be desperate for God. This is what fasting is. And if you are in a place of desperation, I'm telling you, this is probably one of your secret weapons that God has given you is to be able to begin to pray, connection with God, communion with God, and to fast. It is a desperate measure for desperate times for desperate people. The only people who don't pray and fast are people who are not desperate. But how many know, even in times of abundance, I want to stay desperate for him. Even in times of lowness, I want to stay desperate for him. God, help us continue to stay desperate for you. It declares our dependence on him. Here we go, number three, prayer and fasting. It boosts your reception. It boosts your reception. Prayer and fasting is not a salvation issue. It's a connection issue. It's a connection issue. So, um, Lindsay and I, when, when we travel like out of state, you know, and we have to go rent a, rent a vehicle, it's, it, it can get a bit, a, a bit cumbersome and a little crazy at times when we travel because I'm the type of guy like when I travel, like if, if I put you as the navigator and I'm driving, I need to know where I'm going and not .2 seconds before I have to turn. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like one of those things, like, I need a little heads up advance. So we've just learned, for the sake of our marriage, to stay marriage, we just let Siri tell us what to do, okay? <clears throat> so we, but I mean, no, Siri don't always get it right either. I mean, it's the worst thing. And, and so, like, if Lindsay's driving, and I'm not driving, but Lindsay's driving, and then we put it on, and then it's like all the highways and all that stuff. How many in here just don't like driving in places where there's like a ton of traffic, ton of highway stuff? Okay, like, if she's, that's rare. I'm usually the one that drives, but if she's driving, and there's a lot that's going, like, if there's, if the music's loud, me and the boys are talking, we're all laughing, and like, she's got to figure out where to go, she'll just be like, everybody stop! Turn it down! I'm like, okay. What she's saying is, is I can't concentrate 
with all this noise that's happening all around me. And so she's got to turn down the distraction so she can focus on the, the, the task at hand. And, and I've been there where we've been in conversation or we're listening to music and I just straight up pass the exit. Have ever had that? Just, just straight up pass it. I've had that happen multiple times. Because what ends up happening is, is when you want to make, you want directions, you want to know where you want to go, all of us would probably feel this at times, you need to turn the volume down so I can hear better. So if you're going to a place you've never gone before, you need to make sure that there's not a ton of distractions and loud voices, loud things, so you can hear the one voice that you need to hear the most, which at that, t- that time is Siri. I need to hear what Siri's saying. Okay. The same happens with prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting boost the signal. It boosts our reception because what it does is it turns down all of the competing distractions so you can hear the one voice you need to hear the most. Watch what he says in verse 13 and 15. As all of the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children, which by the way, we definitely encourage all of us to do this as a fast, not just you as parents, but inviting your children into it. And I'll talk about that in a minute of what we wanna do to help you with that. They've got everybody together. Watch this. The spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there and he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Now, I want you to notice something here, okay? This is a bit off, but it's, it's, it's not off. Notice that King Jehoshaphat was the one who declared the fast and the prayer, but notice that God didn't speak to King Jehoshaphat what to do. It says that there was a, one of the men amongst the, amongst the people came out and said, hey, Judah, listen. Hey, King Jehoshaphat, you listen too. Watch this. Over these next 21 days, as we go into this time of prayer and fasting, I believe God will speak to you, and I'm praying that he does, but I just want you to be open because God may speak to someone else for you too. God may bring some other voices in your life, and he's got a word for other people through them to you, because that's what we have right now. Can you imagine the, the, what the, the moment would have been like if King Jehoshaphat would have been proud and said, well, when I hear the Lord, I'll tell us what to do. But he didn't do that. He says, what is it? What, 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 what did you hear? And that's what happens in this moment. Because they're prayer and fasting, they're positioning them themselves in a place to hear from God. Watch this, if you wanna write this down. Fasting is asking. When I fast, it compels God to respond. It compels God to respond. Fasting is asking. Now, let me put it this way. When you fast, you don't put God in your debt. But when you fast, because of your pursuit of him, it just compels him to want to come and respond to you. He wants to. He wants to to hear you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to to spend time, which which leads to number four. So if number three is it boosts your reception, and now you're going to begin to hear God clearly, and some of y'all are in that place right now, and I'm I'm in that place myself, like, God, I just need to hear you. God, I want want to get rid of all the distractions. God, I want to turn down the volume. God, I don't want the Holy Spirit's volume to be the loudest volume that I hear. God, I want to boost that reception. I want to hear you more than anything, okay? All right, which goes to number four. It, It invites God into the fight. When we pray and fast, it invites God into the fight. Look at verse 15. It says, so, so the, the man stands up, not King Joseph, the other guy that the Spirit of God came upon, and he says, hey, listen, y'all need to hear what God says, and this is what he says. This is what the Lord says. Do not be what? Afraid. afraid. Now, when he heard the news, he was afraid, right? And, and, and here we are. The word of the Lord says, hey, don't be afraid. Hey, don't be discouraged by the mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Watch this. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He's with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Second time, by the way. Second time. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And King Jehoshaphat, watch this now. King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Hey, notice the battle position. (laughs) 
Here's the battle position. <laughs> this is it. I don't know about y'all, but it's, tried, it's really hard to fight like this. The Bible says that he gets down, and all of the people get down, and they begin to bow, and they begin to worship the Lord right there in the moment. Because they realize, yeah, these armies are against me, and this fight is much bigger than me. The only way that's going to happen is if I just surrender. I just, I just surrender my heart. I surrender my life. And some of you are in a battle right now, and the greatest position you can take is on your knees. It's not with your mouth. It's not with your hands. It's not with your feet. It's, God, I'm, just, I'm on my knees. I'm surrendered, submitted to you, what you have for me. God, what, what do you want? And they begin to just worship the Lord there. But, but notice that he says, he says, all right, you're, you're going to have to go out. See, when we hear that the battle is the Lord's, we're like, well, good, peace out. I'll be on the couch. Let me know how it goes, God. And God says, no, 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 listen, you, you have a part to play in this. You don't get to just, just sit and just watch. You do have a part, which, by the way, you submitting to prayer and fasting was a big part of getting my attention. Now, you're going to go out into the battle just with me. You are going to watch. You're going to continue worship. Watch it, and it says this, <clears throat> verse 21 which leads to number five, that when we pray and fast, it is an act of faith. It is an act of faith. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. The battle is the Lord's. They bowed low. Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Everybody help me with this. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what the army sees? He doesn't see the army coming out of him. He sees the worship team coming out first. And this worship team is leading all of Judah into give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. So this is what I wrote. When you thank God after it happens, that's called gratitude. When you thank God before it happens, that's called faith. That's called faith. What are you in right now that God has not finished it yet? God is still in the process yet. You're waiting for God to complete it before you give him his praise. But God's going, if you'll give me my praise before I'll do it, that's an act of faith. And by the way, I don't think that any Christian life can really be led without faith. It is faith that pleases God. It's what God looks for. When he looked at his disciples and he says, oh, you men of little faith, he was looking for people of faith, people who fully trust in who God says he is and can do what he says he can do. And so their act of faith was, we're not gonna send the army first, we're gonna send the worship team first, and they're gonna go out and they're gonna lead us into worship. They're gonna lead us into his presence, and we're just gonna believe what God says, his word that he said that we do, and how many know sometimes we gotta thank God while the answer's on the way? And we'll say that again. Some of us need to thank God while the answer's on the way. It ain't here yet, it's on the way. We're in the middle, it's still processed, but how many know if it's not good yet, God's not done yet, the answer's on the way, God will continue to work all things out, and we don't need to reserve our praise until after the miracle, we need to reserve our praise before the miracle because God is good and God is working, and as you're praying, I love what Pastor Tim says, as you pray, God does 10,000 things. We're praying one thing, God's doing 10,000 things. And so we just give praise for who he is. And I think that's what this time of prayer and fasting is all about. Look at verse 22, and we're gonna wrap it up. And so it says, at that moment, they begin to sing and to praise. To sing and to praise. To sing and to praise. So they did have a responsibility. They did have to go out to the battle. It wasn't just the battle alone, it wasn't just God, but God wanted them to be a part of the miracle. Listen, that's why I'm so grateful for some of you that are here that serve in our dream team, that lead life groups, that are involved, that are plugged in, because you don't just get to sit back and watch the miracle, you get to be a part of the miracle. You get to step into this, and these, all, of them, all of them stepped into a, a moment that had to be full of fear. You've got three armies all against you. There's no way you're getting out of this. 
You step into this moment with courage, which by the way, faith is not that there's not fear. Faith is the opportunity to trust God in the midst of fear. So they trust in God, they're praising and they're singing, and the Lord causes the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to begin fighting amongst themselves, and they destroyed each other. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder, and they found vast amounts of equipment and clothing and other valuables, more than they could even carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. And then on the fourth day, they gathered in the valley of what? A blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked God that the Lord was there. And it is still called the valley of blessing today. As we close today, I want you to hear me very closely. There are some things that God does in your life just because he loves you and you're a child of God. But there are other things that God does in your life only because you prayed and fasted. If we are not careful, we can settle in our relationship for God for just heaven. I just wanna make it to heaven. It's not a salvation issue. It's a connection issue. I don't know about y'all. I don't want to just get to heaven. I want heaven on earth. I want heaven to come on earth. I want heaven to rain down in my family, in my marriage, in my children, in my workplace, in this city. How many know heaven come down and invade this place? But some things in our life don't unlock until we're willing to step into the time of prayer and fasting, to focus in on him God, I want this. And God steps in and God brought them from a valley of stuck to a valley of blessing. And watch, the thing they thought was going to destroy them was actually the thing that God used to bless them. The thing they thought was going to kill them ended up being the thing that God used to advance them to the next season that he had for them. Could it be that what you're walking through right now, God sees it for a purpose. God is gonna use it. What the enemy has been using to try to divide and destroy it, God says, man, if you'll submit this to me, I can use this, I can bless this, and I can make this do something that you didn't even see. You walked into this, you were afraid, but I'm gonna give you the courage to step into this. 2022, listen to me closely, is gonna take two major things, faith, to trust God for who he says he is. Your faith will be tested this year, guaranteed, guaranteed. And it's gonna require you to step into the face of, of, of hard things and trust God. But I'm gonna tell you the second thing it's gonna take this year, it's gonna take courage. It's gonna take courage. When Joshua took over the army, when, when Moses died, Joshua chapter one, Multiple times in Joshua chapter one, Joshua was to lead the people into the promised land. And God told them in Joshua one, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And I'm gonna tell you, all that God has for you, it's gonna require faith, because faith is what gets God's attention. It's what pleases him, it's what draws him but it's gonna also take courage. You're gonna to have to have a part to play in all this because you don't just get to walk in the promised land. How many know you gotta fight some battles before you get into it? but God will fight it all the way through. And everything that you're gonna face this year, I'm telling you, it's gonna be some challenges, there's gonna be some tests, but if we'll have faith and we'll have courage, God will take what looks like a valley of stuck and he'll turn it into a valley of blessing. How many of you look at things in your life and go, yeah, that was painful, yeah, that was hard, but if I go back, you know, I learned so many things, I experienced so many things, God did so, so many things. As I look back on this season that was hard, God used it for good. And I believe he can. And it might not always be in our timing, but I believe he can do it. And so there's three things I want us to do as we come into 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you wanna write these three things down, three things, last things, and we're done. As we come and we begin tomorrow, 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want you to do three things for me. Number one, I want you to be informed. 
I want you to be informed. January 10th, all the way through January 30th, to the, the last Sunday of this month, we'll be spending corporately together, individually and corporately praying and fasting. If you go to oscconnect.com backslash 21 days, you can get all the other details that are on it. You can see that we have a whole website. It's on our app as well. You can click on any of that and go view all of this. We have prayer topics for every single day. So tomorrow we have a prayer topic. The next day, the next day, you can see all the different prayer topics that we're praying for over the next 21 days. We have resources on, on what to do and on, on how to do it. Um, and then tomorrow night, everybody say tomorrow night. Tomorrow night starts our first night of prayer. So we'll be here at 6 o'clock. Uh, we're changing it up. So come tomorrow. You'll find out what we're changing. It's all getting changed up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have time of worship. We're going to have a time of prayer. But you're not going to just be sitting in a seat praying. You're, just come and you'll see what tomorrow's going to look like. It's going to be awesome. But we're going to be praying over things tomorrow night, 6 to 7, one hour, 6 to 7. Bring your kids with you. We're, we're going to make it interactive to where hopefully they'll want to be a part of it as well. So that's going to be happening tomorrow night the next Monday night, and the next Monday night. All right, so I want you to be informed. Number two, I want you to be prepared. I want you to be prepared, meaning you, you, you need to have a plan. Listen, if you have a desire without a plan, you only have a wish. Desire without a plan is a wish. And so in order for us to really capitalize on all that God wants to do, we need to be prepared. So there's, there's three types of fast. You can go on the website and read a whole lot more about this but there's really three main types of fast. There's actually four, but I don't foresee anybody probably doing a full fast, which is like only water. But there is a selective fast, which is where you select a food that, that maybe you wanna just cut out of, your, out of your diet for the next 21 days. It could be a certain food. Some of you are like, broccoli and vegetables, I'm out. You know, like, no, that doesn't work. Uh, it might could be cake and boudin, okay, <laughs> and king cake, okay. So it, it may be sugars, it may be drinks, it may be coffee. It, there may be a certain, a certain thing. Like this whole week I told Lindsay, get every piece of candy, Dr. Pepper, out of this house. I was like eating everything. I had a gallon of Blue Belt the other day, so I just, I'm kidding. And so, but we got to get it out, whatever that is. So you can select a food, you can do a selective fast. Uh, another one is, is what's called a partial fast, which is, you don't select necessarily food, you select an actual meal. So it's like, I'm gonna fast lunch every day, or I'm gonna fast breakfast every day, or I'm gonna fast dinner every day, or, or it's a certain time of day, you know, from six to six or something, and you, and you fast just during that, that time period. And then there's what I, I would call a soul fast. And I would actually encourage everyone in here to do this one, even on top of the other ones that you do. And a soul fast is literally just a media detox. Meaning you just take the next 21 days and go, hey, I'm not gonna get on Facebook. I'm not gonna get on any social media apps. I'm not gonna get on the news. I'm not gonna get on anything that, that is, is coming in and giving me a bunch of stuff that I just really don't need right now, the distractions. And you can decide whatever that is. Maybe it's TV, maybe it's movies, maybe it's whatever else. But I would encourage all of us to do that. So be prepared. So you need to, if you don't know what you're gonna do today, this afternoon, you know, if you're with a spouse or a family, talk it out. You can talk it out with your family as well. Um, we have some resources for OSC Kids. So right now, your, your kids are getting resources right now. Our youth will be going through this with us as well on Wednesdays. Um, and so you can talk to all your kids about this. Do something together. And then last one is this. Number three is to be resolved. Don't just be informed and be prepared. You need to be resolved. The word resolved literally means to settle, to decide firmly on a course of action. So I just put it this way. Be more committed to the resolve than to the results. We live in a generation right now that if they don't see the results, they don't have a resolve anymore. I'm telling you, be more committed to the resolve of seeing it out for 21 days than the results of it. I believe right now, some of you, God might start speaking tomorrow. Some of you, it might not be to the end of the 21 days. Some of you, it might not even be till later. I'm just telling you, let's be more committed to resolving to do this together than anything else. All right, last thing of action, and then we're done. There are connect cards in the seat pockets in front of you. I would love everybody in this church to grab one if you can. There should be, maybe those that are in the front, you might have to grab one that's in the back. But if y'all don't mind, there should be some all around. And um, I might need our ushers to grab, grab some extra. If anybody needs a connect card, I want you to grab a connect card real quick if you don't mind. Grab one, grab one, grab one. Um, all right. Somebody have one of the prayer guides? Someone up here, grab one. Thank you, Miss Tracy. Okay. So, um, this is what I want you to do. If hopefully everybody's grabbed a connect card real quick, this is what I want you to do. So we're going to spend the next 21 days 
uh, praying together as a church. Tomorrow night, we're gonna do that as well. But what, one of the things that we do as a staff is we pray over these. Our prayer team prays over these. So I want you right now, if you flip the back of that Connect card, there's a place to, to hey, things that I can pray for. I want you, would you do this? Would you just write down just something in there? I don't need your name. I don't need a contact. I don't need anything like there. All I just need is, hey, I just, I, I would really like to be prayed for with this. Okay? So just grab that real quick, and this is what you can do. On your way out, you can just slide it in the giving boxes right there, or you can leave it on your seat, whichever one is good. We'll, our ushers will come back and pick it up. But you don't need to, don't, don't have to put a name. We just wanna know how can we be praying for you. If you're online right now, uh, we'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can be praying for you. Or if you, you feel comfortable, you can put it right there in the chat and uh, we'll write these things down. But we wanna make sure that this 21 days, we are intentionally praying over your needs, what you have going on in your life. So go ahead and just take a quick moment and fill that out. And then we're gonna, we're gonna end our service praying together. All of you, when you walked in, you should have received this prayer guide that's right here. On one side is, a, is all of the leaders of our country, leaders of our state, leaders of our church. On the back side is all the daily prayer topics that we're gonna be praying over over the next 21 days. So just so you can know, we're all on the same page, praying for the same thing. Tomorrow we'll start, we'll pray over repentance. There's some verses there that you can look up and begin to quote these verses as you pray over each one of these topics that are there. All right, everybody's got that? All right, I want you to go ahead and if you wanna pull out your tithe and offering as well at this time as, you, uh, as you're finishing up your prayer request, you, come <clears throat> you can go ahead and pull that out and so if you wanna drop your tithe and offering and your prayer card in the giving box on the way out, you're more than welcome to do that. Thank you so much for just being the generous church that you are so grateful for, for how you are generous. Uh, we're gonna share a video in the coming days, but I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little sneak peek this week. Um, we had an opportunity to do a Zoom call with Pastor, Pastor Willem Nell. For those that don't know Pastor Willem, Pastor Willem leads Every Nation Church in South Africa. I just called just to check up in on him, see how he was doing, and uh, right now he was just telling me to tell you, first off, to thank you for your prayers. Um, they're, they're like facing constant lockdowns not lockdowns, uh, they had a thing going on where if they had more than 50 people in the room that they could be arrested. Um, and so they've had to get really creative with their, with their services. Um, they've had to now you know, start having outdoor services. He said they just recently started opening them back up where they could have more people in their buildings, but it's been just a really, really challenging time. He said just last year they did over 50 funerals just for people in their church that had passed away. I mean, just a really, really difficult time. And so I said, man, well, how can we pray for you? And he was sharing with us. I said, is there anything we can do to help you? I said, man, can you just be believing for us? We're believing for to buy a new van. We need a, we need a new van for our church. There's a lot of people that have lost their, their way to travel to church and we wanna buy a van so we can start going around and picking up and getting people to church. And he said, we've, we've already raised about $11,000. We need about $5,000 more. And I said, well, just go ahead and go find the van because we're gonna give you the $5,000 and just go find it. So uh, you just gave $5,000 to Church of the Every Nation Church. And uh, so he said, I said this, it's the only thing I want. I want you to film a really cool video when you get that van. And I want you to send it to us because we want to see. So he's like, hey, it'd be cool because when y'all send a group of people over here to South Africa, we'll pick you up in the van. I said, okay, sounds good. So uh, I just want you to know how incredibly privileged I am to be able to just give us the margin to do that. To see a need and meet a need. It's amazing. And, um, and, and I love doing that. I love doing that. And that's because of the generosity of this house. So as you give today, I'm gonna just pray that that continue, that blessing just continues to come on you so you can be more of a blessing to those that are around you. So would you do this? Would you just stand all across this room and I wanna pray over us as we give. I wanna pray over these, these, these requests and then I'm gonna pray us 
as we leave today. So would you do this? Would you just hold your card up? If you've got a card all over this place, and we're just going to lift up all of these things before the Lord right now, together, corporately. Father, we, just, we pray, Lord, over every, every card that is right now. Lord, so many needs that are represented in this house, so many that are online right now that, that, that have needs in their own homes. Lord, maybe it's health, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's relational. Lord, it doesn't matter because you know what it is. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would intervene. But Lord, we begin right now just with an uh, adoration of who you are, God. You are amazing. You are good. God, Lord, you're powerful. You're all-knowing. There's nothing that can stand against you. So God, we turn our attention to you over these next 21 days. We set our sights on you over these next 21 days. I pray that there would be a, a, a rise in the level of faith in this house, courage in this house, boldness in this house, re re replenish people who are just exhausted. God, I pray healing in this house from those who have physical ailments right now and illnesses. I pray, I speak that right now, healing over their bodies, God. Protect the homes in this house, God, against any COVID or diseases or viruses that would come against it. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just encourage your people, fill your people. Lord, we declare our dependence upon you. We need you more than anything else, God. Lord, we love you. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Before it even happens, before you answer, God, as the answer's on the way, we give you the praise and glory for who you are. God, I pray your blessings over every person today as they give, Lord. Bless them, bless their finances, and bless their homes. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen.